if you love money, then you're going to use people. Mm-hmm. And we get it backwards. We're to love people and we're to use money. Mm-hmm. Money's just neutral. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Robert sitting here with Chad. We're talking about wisdom and, uh, and I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag right now. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about finances as well, because Proverbs has a whole lot to say about financial wisdom. Why, why do you, Chad, think that, that finances are such a big part of life and all of that, that the Bible talks so much about it, that Proverbs talks so much about it? What, what is the significance of, of this specific area of our lives? Oh, gosh. Well, anybody that says they don't care about money, they're going to lie about other things, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they have so much money, they don't have to care about it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you, you, money's part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have to work for it, earn it. Um, that's how we provide for our families. That's how we provide for ourselves. Uh, money does not necessarily make you happy, but it does give you more choices. I saw a, a meme the other day and it said, uh, money don't make you happy, but it's better to cry in a Porsche. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. that, there's that kind of thing. Uh, money's just such a big part of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus actually said that um, you can't serve two masters. And he's he's going to go all the way there, and and I'm sure the crowd thinks he's going to say, "You can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and the devil." Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. He says, "You can't serve two masters. You can't serve both God and and then he says money." Mm-hmm. And he makes this point that nothing competes for our affection. Yeah. Um. Our love for God, nothing competes for that more more than more than money. Uh, Jesus said, "Where our money goes, that's where our heart goes." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just a big deal. A third of Jesus's teachings is on money and material possessions. More than he talked about heaven and hell. More than he talked about a whole lot of other things. Uh, he he talked about money, so it's it's important, um, you know. And and he wants us to handle money in, in an appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so the, I, I think for some people that that maybe are familiar with the Bible, familiar with church, they they make this association between money and evil that's not actually meant to be there. It's not actually what yeah. Jesus communicates. And and some people think, okay, to to build wealth is a bad thing, uh, but Proverbs would would say otherwise. And and even to back it up, if you look at out of the gate Genesis, God creates everything and He gives them this garden and He gives it to Adam and Eve, and He tells them first, you guys be fruitful and multiply, they, that you guys build family and all of that, and then and then subdue this, take this and and bring fruit out of what what I've provided for you, which which at that time that would be wealth, bring stuff you know from all that I've given you, toil work, yes, and and make it bear fruit for you. Yeah. So when when people think that money is bad. Um, they're actually uh, misremembering or misquoting uh, a passage in the New Testament where Paul is talking to Timothy, mm-hmm. and he commands Timothy um, to command the people, specifically the rich people, not to be arrogant. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how the drive for money, the push for money, if money is the end-all, be-all, that equals all kinds of evil. Yeah. What he says is, he doesn't say money is evil. He says the love of money is evil. Mm-hmm. It's, reason, a, it's a root of all kinds of evil. A root of all kinds of evil, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you. The reason that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil is because if you love money, then you're going to use people. Mm-hmm. And we get it backwards. We're to love people and we're to use money. Mm-hmm. Money's just neutral. So I'm going to hit this real quick. You ready? Yep. 
three types of theology with money. There's poverty theology that we were just talking about, which says money is bad. That's not what the Bible says. People take things out of context uh, and they say, if you're rich, you're evil, but if you're poor, you're righteous. Yeah. And and that's not what the Bible teaches at all. There there were lots of- Or illustrates. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are lots of rich, mm -hmm. wealthy people who are righteous in Mm -hmm. the Bible. Uh, Abraham is 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 one of those. That's a, that's an Old Testament. Uh, well, Solomon. We're in the Book of Proverbs. He's the wealthiest man that ever lived, mm-hmm. and and for the first half of his life, he was righteous. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you put his net worth in modern dollars, he was a trillionaire. That's a one with twelve zeros after it. He made Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos, and those guys look poor. Yeah, uh, very wealthy guy did a lot of righteous things in the New Testament. You have Joseph of Arimathea. By the way, that's who Jesus borrowed the tomb from. Yep. Uh, and he later on comes to faith in in, in Jesus. So, um, yeah, money's not wrong. So you have poverty theology. No, you have prosperity theology where people try to use God to get more money. Mm-hmm. That's the TV preachers, you know, send in $100 and God will give you a thousand, you know, that kind of thing. Well, that's that's just not true. That's, that's not what the Bible teaches. Uh, let me just say this because you always make this point, Robert, and, it, and it's such a good one. If it's not true for everybody all over the world— then it's not a biblical truth. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if somebody who is, is living in poverty in Africa gives their life to Jesus and they're in poverty the rest of their life, but they live for Jesus, that right there says prosperity theology is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, people that follow Jesus get sick. People that follow Jesus uh, lose their job. People that follow Jesus uh, have various struggles in life. So is prosperity theology true? No. No, I actually hate prosperity theology Mm -hmm. because it actually makes a God out of money and it diminishes the living God. So poverty theology, no. Prosperity theology, no. Here at Sun Valley, what we believe, uh, Bible's pretty clear, not pretty clear, it's really clear with this, is what I'm going to call generosity theology or you could call call it stewardship theology. And the idea is God owns everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we came in with nothing. We're going out with nothing. Yep. And we are managers of what God gives us in this life. Mm-hmm. Now, we work, we create, we do all those things, but God gave us the ability and the gifts to do that, to to produce whatever wealth we produce. But we manage it for his sake and for his kingdom. Yeah. And and so we're stewards of, of, of how God has blessed us. Yeah. And specifically, we manage it the way God would manage it if he were standing in the shoes that we're standing in. That's exactly right. And so we follow his principles. So all throughout Proverbs, you have these principles. You have these guiding uh, principles that that teach us how to handle finances. So let's get real practical now. Let's talk about what does it look like biblically? So if we're running everything that we do through the the filter of what God has taught us through the Bible, not just Proverbs, all of all of scripture, how are we to handle finances? So we work a job, we get an income. Now what? What do we do with that? Well, a key verse for the series, Proverbs 3. Uh, verse five, we'll, we'll put verse six on there as well. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. So what we're about to talk about is about trusting God. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. So let's factor that in. So trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him mm-hmm. and he will make your path straight. So Two really famous verses. If you grew up in church, you've heard those before. Go down a couple of verses. Mm-hmm. He starts breaking down what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And a couple of verses down, he says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your, your crops. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying is anything that you produce, 
once it's produced, you want to honor God with it. Uh-huh. So literally, he's saying you want to give to God first. Yep. So for us in modern day, because most of us are not farmers. Yep. Although I got to tell you this. I don't know if I ever told you this before. I don't know. When I first came to Sun Valley, uh, there was a man that had uh, lost his, his job. Uh-huh. And he and I were friends. His name was Chris. And uh, he since moved on to Colorado. But um, I mean, the, the church at the time, Robert, it's just like eight, 900 people, like uh-huh. when you and I first came. Uh-huh. And... Um, one weekend, um, I'm walking out to my car after service, and he's he's carrying a box. And in the box is a bunch of fruits and vegetables from his from his garden. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Hey, I I, I want to give you and um, uh, the other uh, lead pastor at the time, or at least two guys on the stage, uh, Scott, right out, you know, one of these boxes of fruits and vegetables." And I'm like, "Oh, that, that's so nice. Thank you so much." And then he kind of tears up. And I'm like, are you okay? He goes, well, I lost my job. I don't have any income coming in. He goes, and I've always given to God first. He goes, I know he's going to take care of me. We've saved some money. We're going to be fine. He goes, but I literally came across this verse. And he's like, I'm going to take people some fruits and vegetables <laughs> at church. You know, I'm literally going to honor God yeah. with with my first fruits. And and dude, I just teared up. Yeah. I mean, that's just having a massive impact on, on, on me. But the idea for all of us who are not farmers um, Wait, was he a farmer or did he like go to the farmer's market? Well, no, no, he, he, he lived on a, he had, he had some acreage oh, okay. uh, and, and had a garden. So these are legit fruits and vegetables that yeah. he was toiling in the ground and, and grew these things. And yeah. Then, and yeah. by the way, uh, he went on to get another job and is doing like really well in okay. life. So, <laughs> so that's how that worked out. Yep. But um, the idea is, so honor the Lord with, with your first fruits, you know, with, with all that you produce. Anytime you receive income, you acknowledge where, where it came from, mm-hmm. where it ultimately came from. And so, um, obviously, in the book of Proverbs, it tells us where to work hard. Mm-hmm. That, that's important. Mm-hmm. You don't work, you don't eat. That's, that's a proverb principle. But God is the one who gives us the ability to work. Mm-hmm. And so, we do that. But as we produce and as we create, we, we honor God first. Which, uh, and we acknowledge the ability that everything is his, that yeah. we're managing what's his. And, and that's the secret, by the way, of, of not loving money, yeah, but loving God. Well, and that, and you said it so quickly, but I think this is a hard concept for us to actually take to heart. The idea of, because I, I talk to people all the time and I, I, I feel the same way about myself at times where I'm going, well, I worked hard to earn that money or I did this or I did that, you know, and it's about me and my efforts and all of that. But to acknowledge, yeah, but who gave me the ability to do that and who gave me the opportunity to do that and all of those things that I actually have no control over. Sure. But I, I've been blessed with. And and so there is a mindset of, yeah, even if you're working really hard to earn that paycheck, whatever it is, or to contribute to society in a way that people are appreciating you and saying, hey, I'm going to pay you for your services or goods or whatever, um, that, that came from God ultimately. And that's, it's easy to say, it's hard to really grasp and take that to heart. Well, you've traveled all over the world. You've mm-hmm. been on every continent. Mm-hmm. When you start traveling a little bit and, and you get into places of extreme poverty mm-hmm. on the planet, mm-hmm. I always have this moment of, I could have been born here. That's right. Why, why, why was I born? Now I was born, you know, close to the trailer park or whatever, but why, why was I born in America, mm-hmm. right? Um, instead of in this place in South Africa, in mm-hmm. this village, you, you know, where, where there's extreme poverty. Um, I always have this moment of just gratitude. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and God has given you some abilities, Robert. And I, and I know on occasion you get asked to speak other places. And, 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 and with that, you know, God provides for you and your family and, and blesses you. But God's the one who gave you that ability. And I know mm-hmm. that you acknowledge that. So the idea is, is you just honor God first. So the other thing is, if, if you're asking yourself, you know, well, do you love money more than you love God? The first question that would come to mind to evaluate that is, well, do you honor God first with your money? Uh-huh. So if you, if you don't give to God, then there's a good chance you love money more than you love God. Uh-huh. And, and, and that is such a hard like statement. And the reason that it's hard is because it's true. Yeah. Uh, so people that wiggle in church about money or, oh, God, you know, they're talking about money or whatever. It's because you have an issue. Uh-huh. And, and the issue is in the realm of idol worship. And the best thing for you would be to give to God first. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, oh, you're just saying that because you're the pastor, then go to another church and give there. I What I want for you is just to honor God in every area of your life, which is why I don't have a problem talking about it. Yeah. Well, and and there's no other. So think of or, what or, other. Or, or, or give to the other church sure. and keep coming to Sun Valley for free because you've been doing that all along anyway. Just just honor God with your money. There's yeah. There's really no other remedy to that than to be generous. So if you're like, yeah, no, I, I love money and I want money. Like, what other solution is there? Well, well, here's here's the thing. Nobody wakes up and goes, "Man, I'm greedy." Yeah. I am just a greedy little <laughs> man, you know. Yeah. Nobody does that. We all think we're generous because when we walked out of Dillard's doing our Christmas shopping, we we threw in 5 bucks in the Salvation Army bucket. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody says, "Are you generous?" we go back to that memory. Mm-hmm. The problem is you know, you make $80,000 a year and you gave five bucks last year. You're not generous. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Bible talks about honoring God, it talks about percentage giving. Mm-hmm. And so, so for example, I'll give you an example. So the widow's might. It doesn't matter how much I give. The widow, you know, gave a might and Jesus honored that. Okay. <laughs> the reason Jesus honored that is because she gave 100%. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what Jesus is honoring is percentage. And so the, the common percentage word in the Bible, um, if you've been in church 15 minutes, you've heard this word, uh, is the word tithe, and it means 10%. And so the idea in honoring God is 10% off of everything you make goes to God. And in the modern world, you do that through the local church. Uh, Katrina and I do that. Everything that we make, mm-hmm. uh, we give 10% uh, to Sun Valley, whether, whether I made it at Sun Valley or elsewhere. And then Katrina works uh, as, as well. Um, but that's just what you do. Anytime you receive income, you acknowledge first where it came from, and you do that with percentage giving. So, so why do you think the Bible chooses 10%? Could it chose 50? Could it chose two? Why, wh- what do you think it is? This is now more opinion, but what, why do you think 10%? Well, and I know we have examples of that in the Bible, but why do you think of all the numbers God could have chose, he chose 10%? So occasionally when I'll teach tithing, somebody that's been in church their whole life goes, well, in the New Testament, it doesn't talk about tithing. You know, that's, that's the law. Um, and if you're thinking that right now, let me, let me just help you with the Bible. That's actually not the law. The law is 33 and a third percent. So if you want to go with Old Testament law, then give away 33 and a third percent. Uh, in the New Testament, it's 100%. All of your life... Mm-hmm. All of your resources, everything that you have belongs to God. And so if Jesus comes along and says, I want you to sell all of it and give it to the poor, then that's what you do mm-hmm. because all of it is, is his. Tithing predates um, the, the law. law. It predates Moses mm-hmm. uh, who gave us the law. Um, Abraham uh, gives 10% uh, in, in worship 
uh, to Melchizedek. Yep. This who, mysterious character who, who, who shows up. this mysterious yep. figure who I believe is the pre-incarnate Jesus. Yep. Uh, and there are different opinions about that. And so you can write me an email and I'll give it to the professor, Justin Martz, and he'll, he'll respond because <laughs> I don't know. That's just, that's just what, I, what I think. Uh, but he gives 10% and, and God honors it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when the idea of tithing began. And so why 10%? Because way back when, that's what Abraham gave. Mm-hmm. And it's this principle all the way through scripture. Um, God talks about it in, in Malachi. Um, somebody will ask me, because sometimes somebody will preach on tithing and they'll use that Malachi verse, you know, it's a curse if you don't tithe. I don't, I don't believe that because Jesus became our curse mm-hmm. on, on, the, on the cross. So here's what I believe about tithing. I, I believe the curse has gone away. What, what does that mean? If you don't tithe, does that mean God's mad at you and you're going to have a flat tire every week and mm-hmm. all that? Watch out for lightning bolts or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't think so mm-hmm. because it's amazing grace how sweet the sound and through the pers- person of Jesus. So I think the curse has gone away, but the blessing is here to stay. Uh, that's not prosperity theology. But the blessing of tithing is this. Um, it frees you from the stickiness that money can tend to have in our hearts. Mm-hmm. It actually frees you from greed, which is a really good thing. But there's also this thing in the realm of stewardship, meaning that God's the owner with the managers. Does it not make sense that if we manage something the way that the owner wants us to manage it, that he would not entrust us with more? Mm-hmm. I uh, had a meeting a few weeks ago with a, with a very wealthy person. And he was telling me a story. And years before, he woke up in the middle of the night and God put a number on his heart to give away. And he was like, well, I don't, I don't even have that number. Right. But he said, whatever you do in my life, God, you know, I trust you. So years later, he, he gets blessed as business sells. And now he's giving away that, that amount of money. Uh-huh. And in our conversation, he looked at me and he said, well, it all belongs. It's God's money. And it all belongs to him. And I just kind of smiled. I mean, he just blessed me. Right. Because uh-huh. I'm like, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, once we once we wrap our minds around that. Now we're loving God. Yeah. And now we're loving people and we're using money to the glory of God, to the benefit of people. And it blesses our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of rich people. Money's a burden. Yeah. And it's because they haven't learned what we're talking about. And they're miserable. Oh, now, well, now it's I'm meant gonna, to be a blessing. So yeah. I, was, I wasn't there for that conversation that you had with this, this individual, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to ask the question, was there, did you notice there was any joy in that person? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> of course. Yes. Well, I, I, and, and, and it was a husband and wife, and, and, and they were talking about because they're wanting to give a certain amount of money away and... Um, I tend to be connected with charitable organizations. And I said, you know, sometimes it's a burden because you you want to give strategically. So mm-hmm. we're not talking about tithing right now. We're talking about above and beyond kind of giving. Yeah, I, You want to give strategically, um, you know, and so you want to vet the organization. And we do that as a church. Anytime mm-hmm. we receive a big old offering, you know, we, we vet the organization we're going to give it to. But um, – she looks at me and she goes, that's not a burden at all. <laughs> like she's, she's super excited <laughs> yep. uh, about this process of wanting to give, to give away this windfall that they received. So, um, yeah, there's a joy in giving. Yeah. I, well, I've said this before on the podcast. Uh, I learned this from Rick Warren. Okay. Um, there's a name drop there. You're, well, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Dropped it like it's hot. Chad's a big deal. He hung out with Rick Warren. Um, and, and Rick says, hey, um, sometimes when I'm feeling far from God, and I'm like, okay, I'm pulling out my notebook. Here it goes. You know, he's, he's going to go do talk his, about a passage of scripture, yeah, daily or whatever. devotionals that he does. And he's yeah. like, I just go give money away and don't tell anybody about it. And then he giggled <laughs> like you could, yeah. you could, you could see 
the ripple of him doing that maybe in the past. He goes, and the reason I do that is because you're never more like God than when you give. And I'm just like, that is exactly right. And of course, mm-hmm. that's a guy who wrote the best-selling nonfiction book in the history of the world next to the Bible. Yeah. And he gives away 90% and lives on 10%. And actually, he's increased that. I think he's living on like 7% now. Yeah. Now, that's still a whole lot of money. Yeah. But um, wow, mm-hmm. he's been doing that his whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just something about trusting God in your finances that that frees you from the, the grip of materialism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know I know we're running short on time, but we talked a lot about giving. Uh, Proverbs also talks about saving. Yeah. And, and that's a key component of how we manage. Again, the, we're stewards of what God has blessed us with and what God has entrusted us with. Uh, saving is a part of it. And there's a verse in the Bible where Jesus talks about this person who stores up everything for himself for this future day. And people go, oh, I don't think you're supposed to save. Uh, that's hoarding. That's something different. Right. And, uh, and it was with a different heart, different mindset. But the Bible does teach us that it is wise to save. So talk to us a little bit about that because that's for a lot of people, that's that's a foreign concept and well, Jesus not a saved. practice. Yeah, Jesus saved. Everybody thinks that that Jesus was was poor, and there's an element of that in Jesus's life. Um, but Jesus had a treasurer. Mm-hmm. His name was Judas. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a treasurer, then guess what? There's something to there's some money going on, yeah. right? Pe- people gave to Jesus's ministry. Uh, there were wealthy people that gave to Jesus's ministry. There there were poor people that gave to Jesus's ministry. Had a treasurer. That's why Judas gets mad. We could have. You know, mm-hmm. gave the money to the poor and she's pouring the perfume on Jesus. You know, yep. expensive. Okay. You want to save because winter is coming. Uh, life has seasons. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes uh, the cotton is high, right? And it was a good harvest. And sometimes times are lean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and you want to save. And, and you also want to save for the future so that when you get to a place where physically you're not able to produce anymore, uh, you've built enough income where your family doesn't have to take care of you, you can actually bless your family when you pass on. Uh, There are a couple statements in Proverbs where it's like a righteous person will give to their children's children. There's this idea of inheritance, uh, leaving a legacy, being able to provide for yourself when when winter comes. Mm -hmm. Now, there are other people who Jesus says, give it all away. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and give it to the poor. But but those are specific words from God. So if you don't have a word from God, then you practice wisdom. Yep. So if you don't have a specific command from God, then what's the wise thing to do? What does the Bible say? So you give first, 10%. I would encourage you if you're not saving, save 10%. Mm-hmm. So give God 10% and then put 10% away and then live on 80%. Mm-hmm. So you want to give first, save second, and live on the rest. Giving first honors God. Saving second builds wealth. Living on the rest teaches contentment. Mm-hmm. Which is the opposite of American thinking, marketing, and greed, the way that we live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of Americans, especially those 40 years of age and younger, are living on 110% of their income. So let's just do the math here because money's not a mystery. It's just math. You will never get ahead financially if you are spending more than you make. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to everybody? That's good math. But here's the other side of it. If you're putting away 10% of everything you make over time, you will build wealth. If you're a teenager right now and you're like, well, I only make a hundred bucks a week. Well, that's 40 bucks a month that you're, you're putting away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that adds up over, over time. Yeah. Go talk to your math teacher about compounding interest and it'll be a valuable lesson you learn at 17. Yeah. There are two kinds of people in the world. Those who earn interest. That's where you want to be. That's that's the book of Proverbs. And those who pay interest, mm-hmm. those are people that max out their credit cards. And you got to decide what kind of person you're going to be. Um, 
so I'll, I'll just tell you my story. I'll talk a little bit about it um, when we talk about finances. And, and by the way, if you missed that sermon, it's, it's not just give, save, live. I gave some other things that are really helpful in the book of Proverbs as well, uh, the weekend that we talked about money. But uh, I, I spent my 20s being an idiot with money. Mm-hmm. And Katrina and I, because then I got married, spent our 30s. Cleaning up the mess. Getting out of it, mm-hmm. right? And we spent our 40s. Um, really being able to start to to give more and and to save more and to prepare for the for the future. So by God's grace, uh, we don't have any debt other than our our home, um, and and we're working on that that too. There, there is something so freeing uh, about that, um, and and I just I just want that mm-hmm. uh, for everybody. I, mm-hmm. I want that for our people. Um, you know, debt. Proverbs says debt is a is a form of slavery. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it will hold you down. Uh, it will wear you out. And there's something about managing money God's way that's just very freeing in your soul and frankly, in, in, your, in your life. Wealth is not wrong. Uh, the worship of wealth is wrong. Mm-hmm. So you want to worship God by giving first. You want to save second, prepare for the future. And you live, want to live on the rest and, and, and learn contentment. There are two ways to have enough. You can either make more, which which that That's cycle a moving never, target. never yep. ends. There are two ways to have enough. You can either make more or you can want less. And the older I get, the more I'm learning. I actually don't need that much to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, Solomon at the end of his life, trillionaire, he goes, you know what? Food, clothing. You got that. To learn good. to learn to enjoy life. That And Paul says the same thing. If I have food, I have clothing. I'd add shelter because we live in Arizona. Uh, it's hot in the summer. Yeah. Uh, but- yeah, that's that's enough. Yeah. I think um, the younger you are, the younger that you learn this lesson, the better off you'll be, mm-hmm. not just financially, but across the board. Yeah. Give first, save second, and and live on the rest. Yeah. So, And if you've never done that before, I'd go for 10%, 10%, live on 80%. Yep. That's good. Practical advice. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're out of time for today, but we'll continue talking about wisdom next week. Hope you join us. If you uh, haven't yet, you can like, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff. And uh, we'll keep talking about wisdom next week. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Robert. You're welcome. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.